Welcome to the Clubhouse with Mark Allen. Right around Australia, a very warm welcome to you. Ismygolf.com, check it out. It is the way to go if you want to firstly keep track of your score, everyone else's score, and the best chance to get to Augusta 2014. Ismygolf.com, register for free, and you could be there at Augusta with this man, Mark Allen. Hey, doing, Marco? Good to see you. Good to see you, Cam. We're all set to go, mate. And Let's um, do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, can I just say, please, Henrik Stenson? Yeah. Thanks for nothing. What, mate? The whole reason we have a ten million dollar bounty, yeah, up for winning the FedEx Cup is to see people fold under pressure, and really lose the plot. Henrik Stenson stuffed that for everybody. He turned the FedEx Cup into a canter, and I'd like my money back. I'd like my time back. Put into the whole season. When I see oh, the FedEx Cup race come down to the last tournament, I want to see people choking all over themselves. So just to summarise, you're Spewing dirty. Their guts up. You're dirty that Henrik Stenson made it look easy. Didn't he choke. made looking? <laughs> he made looking mentally strong. He made winning ten million dollars look easy. Yeah, he did, and that's not right. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't oh, be that good. Please. And I'm a little bit dirty. Fair income, how good is this bloke? How, what a year. And listen to this, because not many people realise this at, just as we speak at the moment. It hasn't been, hasn't been written about in any paper that I've seen in Australia. Henrik Stenson has just won the FedEx Cup and the $10 million bounty. Well yep. done. There's another thing on the European tour called the Race to Dubai. Mm-hmm. Who do you reckon leading that at the moment? Big H. Big H. If Henrik Stenson goes and wins the race to Dubai and all the bonuses that go along there. And I don't know what the bonuses are. I think, it, I mean, it used to be 10, you know, it might be 5 million euros. Then he's one, he could walk away with $15 million in bonus money. No one has ever won the FedEx Cup and the race to Dubai in one year. Not certainly that I can remember. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I would have known that. Surely I would have known if someone's done that before. He's in the box seat to win both. And the reason the reason this can happen these days is because the four majors count on both the European and the US Tour. The World Golf Championships events, they count on both the European and the US Tour. And the Players' Championship in America count on both as well. So that's the reasoning. That's why you can do it. So if you play well in the big events, you can win both now. And Henrik Stenson, Fairnickham, he was in no man's land. He was gone for all money. He was gone. Three or four years ago. Oh, hang on. Go on. He, he had some personal issues, Marco. No, he didn't. He, of course he, he made, did. That's not personal. Just... A bloody oath is personal. You what? lose your entire fortune by uh That's not fraud. personal. <laughs> That's not, not a personal issue. Oh, well, hang on a second. If you don't do anything wrong and you invest heavily into some scheme oh, no, come on. and per- you get duped out of your money, I think that's pretty personal. Personal issue is something else. Oh. You just put your money in a place it shouldn't have gone. That's not I a personal issue. Personally, he, you wouldn't be feeling good about yourself. He made a few mistakes. That's oh. all. He made a few mistakes, but they're not personal issues. I'm not surely. sure he made a mistake. He just got the wrong advice. He got some bad advice. He got some real bad advice, but yeah. he was dead set broke, been- so no one deserves it more <laughs> than when $10 million and Henrik Stenson. I think he invested in a pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh, it's not funny because people right around the world get uh, duped by these type of ridiculous schemes oh, all the time. But he was someone who... He was in a dark place. Of course he was. He was able to fight out of it. Golf-wise, not personal-wise. Golf-wise is a dark place. No, but he, well, uh, you think that losing all your cash might affect you on course? Yeah. You wander into a tournament, you think, I've got I no think cash, I've got three bucks. That's a personal bucks. problem. Uh, well, personal having, problem to me is, you know, I don't know, you've... Got scurvy or something. Oh, having no cash is a pretty personal problem. 
bad investment. Oh, yeah, well, I had, I had no cash my entire professional career. Oh, yeah, I didn't consider it a because personal, you couldn't earn any. I didn't consider it a personal <laughs> you, problem. You couldn't earn any. That's not oh, his fault. Going okay there I, for a while, you mongrel. Can I uh, just bring up the fact that obviously we we spoke last week about the PGA yeah. Player of the Year. Yeah. Could this guy be the Player of the Year? Well, if there was a world, if there was a world uh, mm-hmm. accolade. Then yeah, I think he does. But unfortunately, the US PGA Tour, they think they are the world, and I don't think he's done enough apart from win two events in in the FedEx Cup week. Let so, me, let me but he's th- played. Look, he played. He came second in the British Open. I mean, he's done. Let me throw some numbers at you this year. Please tied give me for, some numbers. Tied for 18th at the Masters. Not bad. Tied for fifth at the Players. That's very good. US Open tied for 21st. That's pretty good. And he finished second in the British, as you touched on. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously he he's won this title. Yeah, and he he won the uh, Deutsche Bank, yep. uh, which is uh, always pronounced uh, down here as the Douche Bank Championship. <laughs> He's now number four in the world, yeah. and he leads the PGA Tour in green and regulations. Right. So he's pretty flash. Mm-hmm. It's fair to say that he is a flusher. And um, like I said, he, he, even though he hasn't won a major this year, uh, for his performances, well, as far as consistency is concerned, you'd have to say that he's been the best player. Well, the man everyone's year. tipping so to far. win. The PGA Tour Player of the Year has not won a major either in Tiger Woods. He has won five tournaments, but he's on the verge of, you would think, winning it without winning a major. Yeah, that could happen. Which is rare, isn't it? Yeah, it is rare, but he's won the money list. He's done very well. I think he came second or third in the yep. FedEx Cup Championship. I don't know where he finished really at the end, but he had a terrible final. I mean, he played he played horrid at, uh, in, in Atlanta. But it's funny, he played a different horrid. And, and one of the most amazing things when Tiger was playing at his very, very best, and I say this often, so I mm-hmm. apologise to people who have heard it before, but when he was playing his very best, his form wave was as shallow a wave as you'd ever see. He'd either win or he'd come fifth. At the very worst, he'd come 20th. That's a shallow wave on the PGA Tour. The other best players in the in, in the in the caper, um, yeah, it, it, they usually just don't miss cuts, yep. but they'll still finish 30th or 40th. Somewhere along the line, somewhere it'll happen. And we saw you know, Henrik Stenson, he's the best player in the world. I think he was 43rd in the first uh, playoff event. Then he won the douche bank. Then he <laughs> finished 33rd and then he won. So, you know, that that's a normal form wave for most golfers. And the reason, one of the reasons why Tiger was fantastic is that he would have, you know, his was form very wave consistent. was very shallow. His form wave was very, very shallow. But now... You know, his form wave's not shallow anymore. His form wave is as deep as, as most good players have always been. The, you know, the number one player, even even somebody like Greg Norman, who was number one for 331 weeks uh, in total, his form wave, you know, wasn't unbelievable. He didn't miss many cuts. Uh, in fact, he hardly missed a cut at all. But his form wave, he'd still come 30th every once in a while. He but was not like Tiger's old old golf. He was that was phenomenal. Hey, last weekend uh, at the turn, five shots in front was Denson. He looked fairly much home. Fairly yeah, he bought us all the tears. Yeah, he did. But hang on, it got a little bit interesting. Go on, Jordan Spieth. Oh yeah, he's a good player. Now he did. He's obviously in the president. Well, he's been named in the President's Cup team. He, he's a, a man who who may not have actually been known too much about around the world. But he had seven birdies in his last ten holes. I think he bogeyed the last yeah. and ended up three shots back. But he made it at least interesting on the back nine. Oh, no, he's, he's great to watch. Mm. And, um, you know, he was 19 for most of this year. And he's only just turned 20. He, has. he was doing some pretty special things at the age of 19. I think he won a tournament uh, 
was it the the John Deere Classic? Yep. Yeah, I think it was because I can remember the mm. tractors uh, around the golf course when he won. <laughs> and he held the bunker shell on the last set to get into a playoff and all that kind of stuff. But he has this form line at the moment where he's shooting some very, very low scores in final rounds. And usually that indicates greatness. I mean, most blokes who shoot the low score, it's usually around one or two when there's no pressure. But payday is Sunday. And, and also, trophy day is Sunday. And that's the day where not many of the, you know, even the best players shoot ridiculously low scores. But Jordan Spieth has this ability to shoot a low score on trophy day and a low score on payday. So um, it's rare and it's very extremely rare for a 19-year-old, for a 20-year-old to actually be able to have the capabilities of doing this this sort of work. Shot a 64 last week, finished equal second. He actually had a bogey on the second last hole, so thanks for the text message from someone who's right over it, par to finish it. Adam Scott started well, was sick, Marco. Yeah, on a drip. Yeah. Must have had a big night the night before. Oh, but now, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on hang Has on, you on. ever seen in your life a golfer require a drip? Well, well, he was fairly sick. You know, if you're dehydrated and you've got... <sighs> What, what do you normally Stomach do the night? Be- what do you normally do the night before you dehydrate it? Yeah, well, but if you're really sick, you know, because we, if you're sick, you don't need to play golf. We just lay on the couch sulking about it. If he has to get back out there and give it Look, a crack, he's not a drinker, Adam Scott. No, so I'm yeah. sure he wasn't out in the gas. No, he wasn't at all. But it's unusual. Had some bad clams. It's unusual. Had some food poisoning. What's, what's the deal with a drip? Have you ever been on a drip? <laughs> yeah. Does it fix everything? Does it? No, it fixes hydration. So if you can't get, for, you know, it happens obviously if you if you're trying to eat and drink stuff, and for whatever reason and you can't stomach it, you're becoming dehydrated. So what they do is they whack the drip in the arm and they yeah. fire it through and it's able to get into your bloodstream and hydrate you without you actually, and I know a lot of people are having breakfast right now, but losing your lunch or losing any fluids that went think, into your I, body. I don't. And this is just a personal view, but I wouldn't like a needle stuck in my arm no. before I went out and played yeah, golf. Yeah, well, in fairness, I don't think Adam Scott wanted a needle in his arm either, but uh, he thought it was the right way anyway, to try and make him feel better. He, so he was crook. You know, he, played, he, was he, crook. he shot 69 and actually ended up 4, 14th, yeah, I think. 14th, so he played 14th okay. with Jason Day uh, at three on the pass. Mm-hmm. So, look, he's a gun, and the more I watch his golf swing, the more I think it's the best in the world and uh, probably the best I've ever seen the more I watch it. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the short game and the putting ability to go along with it. But, you know, he's he's strong and he is dynamic. And I don't even I mean, I've seen strong swings yes. that aren't dynamic. You know, when I say that, someone like John Sennon, mm-hmm. strong man, low center of gravity, big, strong back, strong swing, but just doesn't have the dynamics that Adam Scott swing has. And, you know, John Sennett, he was no chopper, mate. I mean, he was he was at the top of the world as far as greens hitting regulation and fairways and power for a long, long time. But when you put Adam Scott swing next to John Sennett, there's no comparison. John Sennett next to Adam Scott, and then take this, any Sennett's out there, take this in the nicest possible way. But when you if you just saw had Adam Scott and John Sennett next to each other on the driving range... Um, my little four-year-old could tell who had a better swing. That, my, that's, that's, that's how big a difference it is. Here's mygolf.com. Check it out. You can register. It's like Facebook for golfers. Keep track of your score, other people's score, and you could be heading to the 2014 Augusta Masters with Mark Allen. Right around Australia talking all things golf. It is Mark Allen and Cameron Luke. This is the Clubhouse. On the Clubhouse, great golfing moments for Kingston Links, the people's course in Roeville. In your life have you seen anything like that? Kingstonlinks.com.au, check it out. $35, only 18 holes midweek, Monday to Friday. Brand new first-class driving range down there at Roeville. 
kingstonlinks.com.au. And it brings us great golfing moments, Mark. I love this segment now. I'm absolutely loving it. Good. You know, the President's Cup's only a couple of weeks away. It is. Yeah, looking forward to that. At Muirfield, looking forward to seeing uh, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, and Jason Day playing. What have you got for me? Now, this is not the President's Cup, but it is in the world of uh, of golf, of what? team golf, right? What no, it? I was actually unaware of this. 1969 Ryder Cup. A Ryder Cup? It's as big as it gets. Yeah, yeah, I know. Righto. Do you know about this story? Well, you would. Yeah, I do. Right, so the, the it involves Brits, Tony Jekyll and Jack it Nicholas. Does, yeah. It does. So the Brits were struggling, obviously. They had only beaten the, the Yanks 1 in 13 previous yeah. meetings. Yeah. They'd pushed them. It came down to the last hole, and Nicholas and Jacqueline both had putts mm. to obviously have a crack of winning the hole. Uh, Nicholas put in a four-footer, which meant that Jacqueline had to put it in to halve the hole. It was about three foot. Yep. So a missable, but also a missable putt. Also gettable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if he missed it, it would have humiliated mm. Tony Jacklin, the great Tony Jacklin. Now, I think at that stage, uh, look, he won, a, he won a British Open and a US Open in yes. the same year. I'm trying to work out what year it was. It might have been 1970. So it wasn't long after that that he actually, I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Tony Jacklin won a US Open and an Open Championship. I think he won the, he was the reigning British Open champion well, there you go. when it came down to this. Now, uh, obviously, it would have been an amazing effort, mm. but Jack Nicholas picked up his ball. And then picked up Jacqueline's marker and said, "Yeah, pick Jack, yeah. Jack picked his ball out of the yes, hole, yes, and then walked over and, yep. and picked up Tony Jacqueline's marker. Mm. So I think the the match was halved. I think the Ryder Cup that year was halved. First ever tie in Ryder Cup history, and uh, that meant that the US retained the cup. So I think that's basically all that Jack was caring about. He said, "I don't think you would have missed that, Tony." But I'm not going to give you the chance. The U.S. captain, yeah. Snaps, Sam Snead at the time, was very fired up because they went over there to win it and actually win it and obviously keep the cup, which they did anyway. Mm. But they didn't exactly see it that way. But Tony Jacklin said, your gesture on, the, gesture on the 18th green was something I'll never, ever forget as long as I live. Yeah, well, look, that's the way golf used to be played. I mean, that's why it is known as a gentleman's game. And that's one of the great things about golf. Mm. Um, we saw it, you know, we didn't see it too much long after that, between Jack Nicholas and also Gary Player, yes, when uh, the Presidents Cup was tied in South Africa, and they had the basically the one, world number one and two going at it, uh, Tiger Woods and Ernie Els, play off in the dark, and you can't tie the Presidents Cup. It's in the rules; you can't do it. But uh, when it got dark, the Jack Nicholas and Gary Player they just looked at each other and said, "Hey, listen, no one can win this. When the car he- we don't want anyone to win this. It's just too big." When it's the car good. when the car headlights come on, you know it's getting too dark to actually end up. So there you go. That's where it happened back there in 1969, and uh, two legends in the world of golf, Nicholas and Jacqueline, in one of the most amazing efforts, and in living memory when it comes to the Ryder Cup. Kingstonlinks.com.au. Jump on, check it out, and then head down midweek Monday to Friday. Thirty-five bucks for eighteen holes, practically a steal. It's the Clubhouse Golf Course Review for Drummond Golf. Shop in store or online at drummondgolf.com. Now make sure you jump on Facebook. What you need to do is you need to search for Drummond Golf. You'll find it there. And when you find that, you'll find the podcast of the Clubhouse. So if you uh, have missed it or you want to hear back to anything, make sure you check it out. The Drummond Golf Clubhouse uh, Facebook page. Check Tony it out. Tony Jacklin won the Open Championship in 1969. Yes. Jack Nicholas saved him. At the Ryder Cup in 1969, Tony Jacklin then went on to win the US Open in 1970. So, big 12 months. Who knows what it would? Have been. He may never have got that US Open win, 
if uh, he'd actually hit the putt and, and miss. Or, and then again, he might have knocked the putt in and gone on to win three <laughs> or four more. So who knows? Drummondgolf.com, uh, shop in store online and also 50 stores right around Australia. Biggest range on all the best brands. And you want to talk about Royal Adelaide. Oh, one of my very favourite golf courses uh, in the whole world. Royal Adelaide is an absolute special. It is. And uh, highly regarded amongst all the Australian tour pros who actually have a chance to play there. I've, I've played a couple Australian Opens there. Um, and the one that I always remember is 1990, excuse me, 19, uh, 1998, yep. where Greg Chalmers won. Even Parr won that event. Uh, the rough was up. It was the hardest golf. Nick Feldo played that week. It was the toughest golf course set up that anyone had ever seen at that stage. And Nick Feldo, who'd played in you know, British Opens, US Opens, all that kind of stuff, he actually said that week, said, this, there's no harder golf course. And they put some tees back. It was ridiculous. But my favourite hole at Royal Adelaide, uh, is the par for third hole. It's a tiny little hole up and over. It's a strange little green that kind of sits on an angle. But I'm telling you, that golf course, each hole, it just seems to build and build and build and build until you get to about the 17th, which is an absolute beauty, the way I remember it anyway. The 18th is um, kind of back to the clubhouse and you have to cross over the road where you actually drive into the clubhouse. There's actually a railway line, active one, it goes right through the middle of the course. Oh, what? There is, a, there is. There are really? trains. Yeah, it'd be like you know on oh, the what? Sandringham line. So hang on, hang on. <laughs> yeah. So you, you need to you need to work your tea times around the time the train timetable. Yeah, well you do. You have oh, to, you have to look, but you have to. Oh, mate, I'm telling you, it's one of the best golf courses in the world. I'm not denying that. I'm just come on. Surely they can put the train train track around the course rather than smack bang middle through the middle of the thirteenth. We're talking right through the middle of the course. <laughs> Right through the middle. In fact, there's a couple. There's one hole in the Australian Open tees we actually have to hit over the train lines. Oh. You do, mate. I'm telling you the truth. It takes hey, nothing away it's, from the court. It's just a little it's, quirk. I it's love hard. Quirks. Look, I, I love quirks as well, but it's hard enough to actually put the best golf tournaments together I'm each and every you. year, and they've got to work around a train if time you table. you have a chance to play this golf course, make sure you do. Well, catch a train there. Make sure you catch a train there. You can Cameron just jump Howell. straight off. Cameron Howe's the pro out there. I used to play in the state team with Cameron Howe. He's let's, an absolute gun. I love the bloke. Let's get Cameron Howe on last, next week because yeah, we'll I want to find out what's going on. I'm happy to get Cameron Howe on. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a fantastic golf course. You've got to get out there and have a look. If yeah. you get a chance, old world stuff. Lots of uh, lots of tradition. Yeah. Fantastic. Drummondgolf.com. Check it out. If you can't get to one near you, 50 stores are Australia, uh, right around Australia. The biggest <laughs> range on all the best brands. It doesn't matter if there's uh, a train. Drummondgolf don't uh, sell train tickets, so don't go there for You know, it, there's a story. There's else. a bloke on the third, second hole at Royal mm-hmm. Adelaide. He snap-hooked his ball, and it went straight into the train. <laughs> I did not. It went through what the window. Gone? It went through the window. <laughs> anyway, the bloke this is a the, lie. The bloke in the train. <laughs> this is a train. Got the ball and thought, oh, I better throw this out because the bloke, you know, he, yeah. he doesn't want to lose a golf ball. Of course. Threw it out on the way past and it went on the green. Oh, crap. He did. Crap. <laughs> I'm telling you. The Jump truth. on the drum and golf face. nasty Facebook snap page hook. As well. Straight through the window of a train Grab and the... then it got thrown back out onto the green. It was a par five. <laughs> it's a long par five, You've got to straighten up and start telling the truth because it's Marco's masterclass. I'm time. telling you the truth. Marco's Masterclass. I'm not believing it. It's all thanks to the Melbourne Parkview Hotel. They've extended their $199 weekend refuel package. Break the petrol price hike. Jump on parkviewhotel.com.au. Right, I'm sick of people worried about their slice. I'm sick of it. All right. I'm absolutely sick of it. Now, there are there are plenty of ways to try and beat a slice. Yep. But the easiest way to do it is with your left-hand grip. Mm. So I'm going to make it easy for left and right-handers. The hand that sits on top of the club is the, t- is the control hand. It's very, very important. And if that hand is sitting under the club, 
then it's no good. What's got to happen is that top hand, if you if you slice the ball, the top hand, the palm of your hand, mm-hmm. has to feel like it's on top of the golf club. Now, your thumb doesn't have to be on the center of the shaft of that top hand. It actually goes around the corner a little bit. So there are so many people in the world of golf who slice the golf ball. Yep. It's purely because their left hand or their top hand grip is incorrect. Your thumb doesn't sit on the top in most cases. The only time the thumb sits on top is if you've got a big hook. So if you've got a big slice, mm. get that top hand, get the palm of your top hand very much sitting on top of the shaft, on top of the grip, so you can see. You want If you're wearing a watch mm. on your left hand, see, you, see your watch. you want to be able to see the face of your watch. The you Louis Vuitton watch. Don't talk about the no. Louis Vuitton ever again or I'm going to smack you. <laughs> you've got to be able to see the face of the watch, otherwise yes. you're in trouble. I'm serious. I'll smack you, mate, if you just mention Golf. that watch again. Golfercrockmedia.com. If you've got a question for Marco, you want something answered, Marco's Masterclass, all thanks to the Parkview Hotel. Stop stuffing around, mate. Parkviewhotel.com.au. People want to improve their golf, and you're stuffing right around. Right around Australia. This is the Clubhouse. This. Welcome back to the Clubhouse. Right around Australia is mygolf.com. Check it out. You could be heading to Augusta 2014. That easy. Register. You could be heading with Mark Allen. Talking to Mark Allen, talking Craig Spence, two legends. Well, that's what they tell me anyway in the world of Australian golf. Earlier this week, they caught up with a man who's all about fitness in the world of golf. His name, Dean Beattie. Dean Beattie, and he is a golf fitness expert. Uh, g'day, Dino. Mark, how are you going? Jesus, Dean, just pick up the phone, mate. <laughs> what? Are you, this is a free hit for you, son, and you're not even on the phone when we get to you. Have you got me there, Mark? Yeah, I've got you. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, mate, how are you going? Yeah, I'm very well, bud. Uh, how are the biceps at the moment? Are they okay? Oh, mate, they're always there. It's not about the, my biceps, Mark. It's about improving people's golf game. That's what it's about. Now, what are you doing at Elbow Park this week? This is a bit of an infomercial for Elbow Park uh, driving range yeah. this yeah. week. But uh, you've got uh, some sessions on uh, about golf fitness? We have, Mark. It's uh, on Tuesday, the 1st of October at 6.30pm. It's at the range. And it's in conjunction with Dr. Bianca Beaumont. She's a chiropractor. And she's actually bringing down, she does uh, some EMG analysis. So she, what she does, it's like a rolling thermal scan. I'm not sure if many have, have gone to a chiropractor, but obviously... Uh, what's uh, that about? Can you explain that? Well, simply, it has a look at the, the blood flow and the nerve flow. And, you know, she, she's the expert in it. The, the electrical signals that are, that are being passed through your spine. So she does a little scan. She did it with me the other day, and it's amazing. And it'll show you with a color graph where the imbalances lie on your spine. So then someone like me or a... Or uh, exercise, someone looks at it and goes, well, you know, you need, you're loading too much up on the right side. There's an area of imbalance here. It, it's similar to what that you see with football clubs. I know Carlton's using it extensively as well. So, in, similar with their injuries. So, so, Dino, I mean, a lot of people who take up the game very, very late, one of their problems is that yeah. they, their shoulders can't turn without, uh, you know, excessive hip turn. And yep. and it ruins their swing. They have to jump up and down. The head goes up and down. It's a horrible mess. I mean, can this type of scan... And look, I'm one of them, by the way. My shoulder turn is next to nothing these days. She can have a look at uh, your spine and identify a weakness and get you some extra shoulder turn? Well, it's and then and that's in conjunction with obviously, and Craig's coming down, Craig Spence, the yeah. 99 Masters champion. He's going to work with us as well. But, um, Mark, what it does, look, most of your problems, and you're right, is with your shoulder rotation, internal hip rotation with the golf swing. I yeah. mean, Everyone's different, but it certainly can show you, you know, areas of, of concern that are coming up. And she will do her manipulation and chiropractors. I mean, sometimes they have a bad rep, but it's a fantastic service. I mean, some people are a bit shy, but I think if you're a golfer, you, you need to have, and this is what we're talking about is having that, 
that team around you. You know, not everyone's going to have the entourage like a Tiger or an Adam. You know, mm. we wish they could, but it's about helping other health professionals because it's a, it's a very athletic and dynamic motion that you need to have your body at best to, to do it repeatedly. Uh, Dean, uh, Jamie McCallum from the Elk Park Golf Range. G'day, uh, Jamie. How are you? I was just wondering, um, a lot of my clients, they, they do, they come from the office and they, 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 they get in the car, they come down for the lesson and their, their backs, <laughs> their backs are, you know, they've got no movement at all. Is they're there, rooted, Jamie, yeah, they're, they're rooted. They're not in good shape by the time they get to the lesson. Yeah. Um, is there any, like, uh, small warm-up or five-minute warm-up they can do? Or do you see, you, you must see it a lot, um, lower back trouble and that. Oh, yeah, Jamie, and, and, and I'll be taking people through that next week, just a five-minute thing that you can do, A, before you work. But I do a lot of corporate health, and, and being seated all day is an equivalent health risk to now smoking in that, you know, being, Come on, you know, Dean. It is. Mark, I'll give you the research, mate. Trust me on that. So and if, you, if you're seated all day, your risk of lifestyle illness is, you know, if you're up to 11 hours a day at home and at the job, it's around 40%. You know, more likelihood of getting you know, your major lifestyle illness. Are you kidding me, mate? No, no, it's uh, mate. It's the Baker Institute have done a huge research of about two hundred and twenty thousand people, and it's the way your body metabolizes its its fats and um, as well as as you know your, your food stores. It's just a a really bad posture for your body to be in day in day out. There. So we talk about getting up. I do a program with corporates where they have to get up every fifty minutes and do some glute stretching. Um, some lengthening exercises, and that's and that particularly for those guys who want to play golf. The glutes and the lower back. It's a cross deck syndrome where you you've got the you know the stomach protruding, the the glutes are a bit weak, your hip flexors are tight, and it just a it's not conducive to life, but b your golf swing it really negatively impacts on that. Hey so. Dino, I, I've been lucky enough to uh, talk to people who used to live next door to Tiger Woods, and I will just put the name out there. there was Robert Allenby I, I was speaking to, and and when Robert was living next to Tiger. Um, he'd come in and, and sneak in and have a look at what the sort of workouts that Tiger was doing. And the glutes that you're talking about at the moment was a massive focus for Tiger mm. Woods. I mean, he really, uh, well, it was kind of a guarded secret there for a little while what he was actually doing behind closed doors. And I'm talking about the gym, the gym, <laughs> Dean, nothing else. But it was, it was a bit of a secret what he was doing. Now, well, tell us about what the glutes actually do in the golf swing. You know, I mean, <laughs> golf swing, nothing else. Yeah, I mean, they, that's where all your power... I mean, you, I talk about the power being generated from the bottom up and, you know, it's it's like <laughs> the, the cracking of the whip. But, I mean, if you can keep the glutes and they generate the start of the swing and hold you in position. So, you know, everything starts from there and they've there's got to be strong and there's got to be stability. But they're the most powerful muscle group in your body, your, your glute hamstring complex. So if you're not training those and haven't got any control through that region, then your thoracic spine, which is your middle spine as well, it's all... It's all part of it. We talk about getting the body, you know, length and then strength and getting it in that position to be able to repeat the golf swing, but re- repeat it effectively as well. But um, your tiger was using his glutes a lot through that period. <laughs> yes, um, there, there's no doubt about that. Mark, just, um, and Dean, one thing is a lot of the clients I see, they do, they tend to, a lot of people in golf say, oh, they've lifted their head. or It's one it's one of those things, it's not really so much lifting of the head there. As they're doing their backswing, they're so tight, their whole mm. upper body lifts up. Yeah. Uh, so mm. they're standing out of angle. And you see a lot of uh, people that are quite big in the arms and that, but they can't get the power. Mm. Um, so more in that core strength and keeping that angle of the back is a lot more power. You know? Yeah. And you, it, would you agree with that, Dean? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and Mark, because Mark, I come from a bodybuilding background, but I, you know, certainly... There's strength training elements to it, but a lot of it is using cables and TRXs, which is the body weight stuff, um, a lot of band work now. But 
certainly it's I'm a passionate believer in yoga and stretching and um, you know, getting the body in that position to play golf. But everyone, you're right, the lower back, middle back, upper back and shoulder turn, unless you can get that right, um, you can still play, but you can't play your best. When you look at the pro and the, the separation, that X factor they can get with a shoulder turn, I'm not saying every amateur can get that, but at least you put yourself in a position where you can play your best and generate as much power as, as you can. You hey, know? Dino, you, you mentioned there the band work. Now, mm. this is the lack of band up against the door type action, right? Did you yeah. do that in the hotel, Mark? No, I never did that in the hotel because I used to see other golfers doing that sort of stuff and I used to laugh at them, Jamie, because yeah. I thought, that, what on earth could that possibly be doing? Because, you know, in my mind, if you are a, a skinny golfer, and there'll be golfers out there, kids listening right now, Dino, who are thin and, you know, and, and actually moving their body isn't their weakness. But, I mean, if you, if you want to put on some muscle, if, you, if you're the other opposite from, you know, the guys who sit at work, if you're a skinny kid who needs to put on some muscle, what sort of muscle... Um, do you suggest these kids are doing? Obviously, the glutes with Tiger and get some get some legs on you. But what about the upper body, you know, beach-type muscles? Are they helping in the golf swing? Well, they do. I mean, the, the, the swing uses, there's tricep on the on the downswing. There's a lot of pec activation for the turn as well. So it's, you work your whole body. I mean, I'd, I'd, I would be working a lot with guys. They might be doing chest press, but they'd be doing them on a football, and they might be doing them not both at the same time, but one at a time to teach their body the movement and it's, it's more, also more taxing on the core or using the TRX, which is, you know, it looks like the seatbelt. It's the yellow and black and that you use your, uh, your, your body with that and you can do your back and everything with that. So it's more body weight, which builds strength and, and it gives you that look to your physique. It's a bit bigger, but you're not that bulked up sort of bodybuilding look. No one likes that, Mark, eh? you No. Know? Uh, Dean, you. <laughs> Dean, when I was going through the Victorian Institute of Sport, uh, uh, our fitness coach or, or uh, uh, advisor. Advisor, on, yeah. Yeah, Vern McMillan, who came from oh, yeah. the, the Kangaroos. Mate, Vern's everywhere. He yeah. was looking mm. after Ernie Els and Adam Scott yeah. and uh, Allenby and Appleby. He was looking after the who's who there for a little while, when, Vern McMillan. When I was uh, playing a bit then, Mark, I was, I, they couldn't put any weight on me. And I used to go shopping with Karen Inge to try and get my d- diet and try and bulk up. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just, I just couldn't really put on the weight. Um, but I was... With Vern's help, I was getting a lot stronger, um, and obviously he's gone over to America many years ago and still working with a lot yeah, of players. No, he's a superstar yeah, these days. Exactly. So what about the wrists, Dino? I mean, wrists and forearms. I mean, you know, you talk about uh, you look back through the, uh, the 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 golf's superstars, and mm. they all look like they got big, strong forearms and big, strong wrists. You know, Greg Norman, Sevi Bellasteros, Jack Nicholas. I mean, when you look at their forearms, they are absolutely monstrous. Uh, are there things you should do for that sort of stuff? I mean, that's more yeah isolation. I know Hogan spoke about it. I mean, that's part of the one of the sort of you know areas in the five fundamentals and and the wrist and and but I think that's more from the repetition mark as well. I mean, the gripping of the club and if you're hitting a thousand, if you're doing anything you know repeatedly, it's working those muscles. And if they're you know, a little bit tight, but it's certainly stretching and flexing. And there's strengthening exercises you can you can do for your wrists and forearms as well to prevent injury. But that's why you work in with the with the chiropractor, with the the personal trainer such as me, and with your golf coach to to make sure that you know you, you're covering every base with it. Mm. So yeah, October the first, which is what is it? A Tuesday or a Wednesday? It's next Tuesday at six thirty at the range. We'll have some giveaways. As I said, Bianca will have the scan there. Craig's going to speak about I think the totality of it and how it works in. You know, we're not going to. It's not going to be for hours. We're all going to be showing and and as Jamie said, about four to five 
you know, of the best golf stretches that you can do. And these don't take you long, and they don't look embarrassing. Mark, so even you could maybe get you down there with your top off and give us something, no. you know? I don't stretch, mate. Hey, Dean. Okay. Dean, uh, now, how do we get in time? If, if people want to come down there, do they have to book or do they just turn up at Old Park Drive well, Lounge? If there, there is some promotional material down there, there's some, some great-looking flyers that are at the front desk, and I was handing some out yesterday, and there's some promotional. But best bet is to go onto my website, which is Body Beat, but with double T, B-O-D-Y-B-E-A-T-T. Oh, play on words, Dean. Beautiful. It is. It's marketing, Mark. It's uh, yeah. .com.au. This is The Clubhouse. Welcome back to The Clubhouse. Right around Australia, Mark Allen, Cam Luke. If you want to get in touch with Marco, very simple to do, golfacrockmedia.com. It's all thanks to ismygolf.com where you, if you register, you could be heading to Augusta. So it's all happening. A man who will be at Augusta, no doubt, is Henrik Stenson. He has had a wonderful year. Last week was no exemption. He took home the $12 million bonus. And this is what he had to say the moment the money was in his pocket. So we, you've said it out there how close and it kind of went back and forth. Um, but to be finished now and have both trophies in your hands, just give us your reaction. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow, it's been, it's been a great week and, and obviously a great playoffs for me. It's been a great season. It's been a great summer. Um, you know, it uh, just keeps on going in that way. And, and very, very happy and pleased with, with this week, of course. Um, it was a lot of things on the line. And, you know, it was, it was probably a, 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 as tough of a situation I've been in, in terms of having that big lead yesterday. Uh, didn't finish that great, and Dustin made a couple of birdies coming back, and all of a sudden that seven-eight shot lead that I that I had coming into the back nine yesterday was down to four, and we know four is never is never over when you got a four-shot lead, and and uh, but in in one sense it, it could have been good as well because it really made me focus, go out there and really play my game because I knew I uh, I had to play a good game of golf today to uh, to hold the guys off and. You know, it was perfect conditions. It's a tough golf course, but it was still always going to be one or two guys going fairly low and giving it a shot. And I saw, I saw Jordan and and uh, Webb shot some great scores, and you know they they kept coming at me. So a uh, couple of crucial points there on the back nine. I uh, made a mistake on 14, and then hit hit a flyer over the green. But then to come back with the uh, with a birdie on uh, important part on 15 to to make the birdie and ex- or keep the lead or extend it back to three. And then just uh, you know scrambling for par and trying to play as smart as I could coming in and and uh, yeah it was uh, it was a great day a great week and it's been a great year. Okay, take questions. Yeah. No, no questions. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it takes a while to get warmed up. Henrik, Henrik, how right here? How incredible would it be for you to also win the race to Dubai? You've got a great chance now to go ahead and accomplish that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's obviously next on the horizon. Uh, thankfully, I've got a whole month off now. I can, can rest and enjoy this, uh, this incredible run that I've had. And, and uh, you know, it was great to have a week off after winning Deutsche Bank. And I've got a month off after winning these two trophies. So it's going to be... Uh, it's going to take a little time for this to sink in. I'm going to be busy. I know that much. Uh, phone's going to go pretty hot, I think. Uh, and uh, and then have have some time to to get back into get some good practice done before I head out to uh, to the BMW tournament in Shanghai there on the 19th of October. So, yeah, I'm in a great position for for winning the money title in Europe. Uh, again, it's going to take some good play. I got Justin and Graham. Uh, chasing me down there it might be another couple of guys you know by that time that's up there so it's going to take some good play but uh, of course I'm, I'm going to try my hardest to to accomplish that no one's 
no one's won both the FedEx and the race to Dubai. Luke and, and Rory won both the money titles, but um, yeah, of, of course we're going to give that our next shot. Did you have an idea on 14 that Jordan had gotten to within a stroke there for a couple yeah, of months? Yeah, I saw, I saw that he was 11 under through 16, right? Yeah, I heard I heard the roar, so I figured, uh, you know, I'm not just a pretty face. I, I could put one and one together. I figured it was, uh, yeah. I figured it was him who made the putt on 16. So, uh, and then I was not in a great spot. So it was all about, you know, getting back up on the green and trying, trying, knock a long par putt in. But uh, uh, I knew I had a par five coming up if I could hit a good tee shot and get get myself back in uh, in good position to to try and make birdie. And once I made that one. Um, I'm not sure if I saw that. Yeah, he might have. Did he bogey 17 or 18? 17. Yeah, so probably. Yeah, probably when I walked off 15, I saw that he was back down to 10. But Steve was the group ahead of me, and he was 10 at that moment, so he would have had a chance to to pick up some shots as well. So it was it was definitely game on, and I just tried my my hardest to um, to make pars and play smart uh, the last couple of holes, uh, and uh, you know I managed to 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 scramble for par on 16 and 18, and and. Uh, Great bunker shot on on 17. I guess on 18 it was more just get it up on the on the green there, and we could we could play play around a little bit and still uh, still be the champion. So it was it was kind of nice feeling there. Dad. Two questions, Henrik. Um, at what point were you the most nervous today? Um, it was probably be before in the morning. Um, I um, you know I had to had to spend a little bit of time yesterday to shake kind of. Like I said to you guys, I was in a better position after three rounds than I was after two rounds. But I still kind of had a little bit of a, you know, feeling that I that I let a few shots go away too easy out there on the back nine in the rain. Even though I didn't do badly, it, it was still just that feeling. I had I had a, you know I had to take a little bit of time to shake that, and and then I, I knew it was a lot of things on the line. In in one way, it was probably harder when when it wasn't one of the guys. That also could win the tournament and win the whole thing up there because I kind of, you know, I'm trying to win the tournament, but I still knew that, well, if someone's going to catch me, I still need to make sure that at least I'm top five. So it was kind of, you know, you have to battle with those kind of things as well, even though the main thing is to just block everything out and go play golf, which, uh, which I was pretty good at uh, in, in the long run. So um, it was probably before we started playing, really. Once, once you get going, you kind of get into things. And secondly, can you can you kind of get your hands around just how much money you won today? 11.4 million. No, that's a fair amount. Um, no, I mean, like I said the other day, that's that's definitely the second thing to me right now. It's it's having these two trophies. Uh, I won my fourth time on the PGA Tour, and, and to be the the FedEx Cup champion, I mean, that means uh, that means a whole lot more to me than than the money. Of course, it's a nice bonus. Uh, and uh, it will be able to pay for for the extra four coke machines that I promised away to a few people, and uh, and the party. So, uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, I'm sure it will sink in at at a later time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Maybe I can throw a year over to you. <laughs> Steve, right here. Henrik, you were ranked in the 200s early last year. What does it say about you that you'll be number four tomorrow? Uh, I think it says that uh, that I never give up. Um, you know, I went from way, way back down in 2001 and got back up to number four uh, uh, the week after my win at Sawgrass in 2009. So I'm obviously touching my personal best there and got 
if I keep on playing well, I will have a chance, uh, I guess, at late on in the year to to uh, to be able to improve on that. And uh, no, it's just been just been a great summer. I mean, way beyond what I could imagine. And uh, um, the the play that I performed here since uh, since mid July has been incredible. Um, and it's it's obviously the work that I've done before. It wasn't like you wake up in the middle of July and you start playing fantastic. So I mean, I put the work in in the spring and. Um, once again, I want to thank my team because they they own oh, a big part of of this success, and and uh, you know they're all working hard for me, and all the support from everybody else, uh, including you guys. Henrik, uh, what do you think it says about the system that the guy has been the best player over the last two months is sitting here with both trips right now, and then secondly, how long did it take you to get your confidence back after what you went through a couple of years ago? Well, I mean the. Uh, no, I think the, the way it turned out now, it was, uh, you know, I won twice within the four weeks and then to win the whole thing. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a number of years finding that balance. I'm sure you could always, you know, look at it from different angles and so on. But I think we, we've got a system that is that is very good. Um, I'm sure they're going to keep on keep on looking at it and, and it might be the odd tweak here and there. But I think we've got a great system and, and uh, it's just you know, where do you put that exact line in terms of your season-long uh, performance and then how much you should be moving up and down accordingly in the playoffs, depending on your game. And, and uh, yeah, we, we knew the script before that the five guys uh, had, had the chance to, or w would win if they won the championship, and I managed to do that. So I made it, uh, made it pretty clear, I guess. But uh, I, I still would have had, because Tiger and... Adam and, uh, and uh, Zach and Matt was, was further back, and then I could have won it without the win as well, which is, you know, probably probably logical as well in, in the whole, in the grand scheme of things. No wonder he's smi uh, smiling, Marco. Henrik Stenson, the man who just claimed just over $11 million Australian. He's happy. He's very happy, and uh, like we said at the top of the show, he's also leading the race to Dubai. So <laughs> if he can get all that bonus money, which means, you know, there's a, there's a four-playoff type thing at the end of the year on the European Tour as well, if he wins the FedEx Cup and the race to Dubai, no one's ever done it before. Um, he's he's my best player of the year if he does both those things. I think he will do it, and I think he is the PGA Tour player of the year. I think he'll just knock Tiger Woods and Adam Scott off. Hey, are you playing this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a hit. It's warming up, mate. The shorts come back on, <laughs> yeah, so I'll be back. The rain's gone, so Mark Allen's back on the golf <laughs> course. Here's mygolf.com. Check it out. Marco, have a wonderful week. You too, buddy.